We're a part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. You've tuned in to the Recovery Innovators Radio Show, your access to today's best addiction recovery ideas, tools, and experts. Listen in, and you will learn what is and what isn't working today. And now, here's your host, James Healy. Hey everyone, this is James and welcome to the show. Now I'm here to help you turn your addiction recovery challenges into successes and freedom from everything that's keeping you from living the life you deserve. I check in with innovative addiction recovery experts and we get to hear directly from them what is working today for addicts in recovery, for their families, their friends, and maybe we can help provide some industry insight for other experts too. Hey, I recently read an article that said 81% of Americans would like to become a published author. Now, chances are you might be one of them, right? I know I am. What is stopping us? Well, writing and publishing a book takes a lot of work and kind of be a pain and is expensive too, right? Well, not anymore. For my next book project, I've teamed up with Hassle-Free Books. They are making it so easy for me to become an author. They are removing all of the fuss and struggle and making it smooth and simple. And it's far more affordable than you could ever imagine. Go to hasslefreebooks.com and use promo code INNOVATORS to receive a 10% discount off of any book project. Get started right away and become a published author in as little as 45 days. That's hasslefreebooks.com promo code INNOVATORS. Let's get to that interview. Hey everyone, this is James. Welcome to the show. And uh, today I'm speaking with a Dr. Damon Raskin. Dr. Raskin works out of California. He works for Cliffside Malibu Treatment Center. He also has his own private practice. I started following him years ago when I first got into recovery and I was very focused on nutrition as a way to help alleviate my cravings and increase uh, my brain function and just generally helping me feel better. Uh, Dr. Raskin has always been a big proponent of nutrition and hydration and what he calls slow medicine, which is kind of a holistic approach to healing. It's kind of taking a look at the big picture and approaching a healing from that stance as opposed to just a quick fix with a quick pill or something. We also talk a lot on this episode about cannabis and CBD as a way to manage pain as opposed to using opioid painkillers, and that a lot of folks can use this as a way to deal with their pain and not have to worry about becoming addicted to a painkiller and uh, overdosing or anything like that. And Dr. Raskin is all about making sure we do plenty of research in this area because he feels it's a very important and growing area of 
kind of medically assisted treatment in addiction, along with other areas like acupuncture and nutrition and that sort of thing. And we also talk a lot in this episode about the importance of asking for help and where you can get that help and and why it's important for your addiction uh, recovery plan. So I hope you enjoy the show. It was a great chat with Dr. Raskin. And uh, here we go. Dr. Raskin, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Uh, I've been a big fan of yours for quite a while. First, following you with some of your nutritional uh, aspects and advice and how you help people in their recovery through addiction. And um, today, I understand we're going to talk a little bit about using um, cannabinoids for pain relief instead of opioids. Could you... Give uh, the folks a quick little um, background on how you got into helping people uh, with their addiction recovery originally. Sure. Well, I started 20 years ago just doing general internal medicine. I'm board certified, and I've had a private practice in Pacific Palisades, California, for uh, quite a while, since 1996. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a, cu- a couple of years, it just sort of fell into my lap. I mean, really, really enjoyed it. I found it to be uh, both challenging and then can be extremely gratifying. And I found that field to be very exciting, and I did some more research and some study, and then I became board certified in addiction medicine. And I've been practicing that along with general internal medicine, so I have both aspects to my practice and enjoying that immensely. Awesome, awesome. Like I said, I know you are a big proponent of using uh, nutrition, right, as far as a way to help people in the recovery and maybe speed up the process of getting through pause and uh, reducing cravings and that sort of thing. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I look at the global aspect, a, a holistic approach, if you'd like, and I think that nutrition, exercise, meditation, mindfulness, all of these things, which don't necessarily involve medications, can be a real boost to patients' recovery, you know, whether they're just entering recovery and doing the detox or even later on to help with preventing relapse. I think these aspects can be very, very important. What would you be your first steps if someone were um, just getting into recovery, maybe um, going through detox and that sort of thing? What might be the top three things you would recommend for a nutrition or uh, you know meditation or that sort of holistic approach that they might think about incorporating into their their plan. So many patients that I've seen who are you know big into drugs and or alcohol, they, they don't eat well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of alcoholics, for example, get most of their calories from alcohol. Right. And they're lack they're lacking in um, all kinds of B vitamins, which start changing their brain and. You know, it's just really, really horrible. They feel tired all the time and that sort of thing. So I first just start teaching my patients about eating clean again, about getting rid of processed food, uh, mm-hmm. about you know, eating organic if possible, uh, getting rid of uh, foods that are uh, high in hormones and antibiotics. You know, I talk about lean protein, uh, really chicken, fish, turkey. Uh, I like to eat uh, balanced, you know, having good carbohydrates over the refined starchy carbohydrates, so more fruits and vegetables and whole grains. Uh, rather than the simple sugars and starchy carbohydrates. Um, and good fat, you know, is important as well in terms of feeling full. You don't want to deprive yourself when you're detoxing or, or going through uh, cravings, but you want to make sure that you're, you're eating well. So uh, foods that are high in good fats, monounsaturated fats, avocados, nuts, uh, for example, great snacks. Um, and I talk to uh, these patients about portion control. 
which helps balance energy. Uh, because, you know, if you uh, don't eat for long periods of time, a lot of addicts, they maybe just have one meal a day. They become so sluggish. You know, that's uh, one of the big problems. So I talk about eating regularly, eating clean, getting rid of processed foods, and I think that can make a huge impact on their overall quality of life and how they're feeling as they're going through this process. Yeah, definitely. I mean, detox in the sense of um, cleansing, a lot of people think about, well, I need to fast or something like that. But in this case, we don't want to fast, right? We want to start fueling our body with the correct nutrients. Absolutely. I think fasting can be self-destructive in this particular case. I think making sure uh, people are getting hydrated, uh, getting adequate amounts of vitamins through food, not necessarily supplements, but through food, uh, healthy foods, I think is going to make them feel better um, and not feel, uh, you know, deprived. I want them to feel gratified. I want them to have good energy throughout this process. And I think that's really vital. Right, exactly. Now, you're a practitioner of what you call slow medicine. Can you explain to folks what you mean by slow medicine and and how that would be incorporated into maybe an addiction recovery program? I think slow medicine is a concept. It's been around a while, but it's not always well practiced. But slow medicine is what we're talking about, taking a holistic approach to Mm -hmm. patients, looking at patients from the big picture So fast medicine is you see a patient every few minutes, they come in with a symptom and you treat them with a medicine to treat the symptom. Slow medicine is you take a step back. You go, well, how did this symptom occur? What's the big picture? Uh, Is it uh, something to do with stress in their life? Is it that they're not sleeping well? And is there some underlying psychological condition that's led them to a lower immune system, for example? And it's really getting to know the individual. And that's what I really pride myself on. I like to spend time with my patients. I like to kind of look at all aspects of their home life, their work life, uh, how they were brought up, um, and then take a look at what symptoms they're having from that approach. And yes, of course, I practice Western medicine. I'm board certified in internal medicine. Of course, I use medications. But I also look about preventive strategies. You know, I think slow medicine is about how to prevent diabetes, how to prevent heart disease, uh, how to get their cholesterol under control. Uh, not necessarily with, with medications per se, and some patients will need that, but first talking about lifestyle, like we're talking about here with, with nutrition and diet and talking about exercise programs to help with sleep, exercise programs to help with energy. Those types of things is really what slow medicine is about. Right. That's, yeah, that's something I totally agree with, too, is that we need to take a step back and look at what's the underlying cause of some sort of things and then right. and work forward from there. And unfortunately, we are living in a society right now, America, it's a, it's a pill society. Um, if you watch any amount of television, you'll see on commercials every five minutes, there's a commercial for a drug, right? And right. Uh, they, they tell you what disease you may or may not have, and then they tell you why you should be on the drug. And then, of course, they, they list about 25 possible side effects, including uh, dying, if you take the drug. Um, so, but, but people come to me... Uh, for example, they want to lose weight. So they say, what pill do you have? They don't say, how can you help me? They say, what pill do you have? And this is the, unfortunately, society where we're living in. And that's a lot of uh, uh, the same kind of thing I see with addicts. Addicts are self-medicating. They're self-medicating with alcohol and or drugs, whatever drugs that may be. Um, and they're self-medicating their, whether it's pain or their trauma or their underlying depression or anxiety. They're using those drugs to self-medicate. And what I like to do is not only help them detox, but both through medications, but also through good therapy. And I don't do therapy myself. I refer my patients out 
to qualified professionals that get to the root of the underlying reason why patients are self-medicating their pain away or their trauma or their underlying mood disorders, that sort of thing. I think that's key because if you just treat the patient with medication, they are very, very likely to relapse because they're really not getting to the underlying root of why they're using substances in the first place. Right. They're not creating a, a more solid overall treatment plan. It's just, you know, what's the instant solution or fix? That's probably not exactly. going to work for a long term. Exactly. Hey, it's James here. Let's take a quick break. Now, if you could push a button and get healthy, sober, and free from your addiction forever, how would that change your life? Now, if you'd like to get my personal support to make it happen, then check this out. For a limited time, I'm offering a special 22-minute unbreakable Sober Strong and Free Forever session for zero cost. During this powerful one-on-one coaching session, we'll work together to create a crystal clear vision for the ideal life you'll be living in your new sober and healthy body. If you're still riding the relapse roller coaster or have years of sobriety under your belt, we will uncover hidden challenges that may be sabotaging your sobriety efforts and keeping you stuck. And we'll expose the best and most solid pieces you must focus on to build your bomb-proof recovery anchor, which will hold you in your sobriety. You'll leave this session renewed, inspired, and ready to finally break free from your addiction once and for all. To claim your special coaching session today, simply send a text message to 406-414-6442 and we'll set up a time to talk. Or visit recoveryinnovatorsradio.com and click the Get and Stay Sober link for more details. If you desire a clean, healthy, and happy life free from your addiction, I strongly encourage you to text 406-414-6442 and sign up for your free unbreakable session today. using marijuana for pain relief. I know this is kind of a big up and coming area and that um, you're a proponent of this, right? And it might help alleviate the need to use opioids and other, you know, more addictive substances. So what I'm really a proponent of is doing more studies. Um, A big landmark uh, study came out recently showing that marijuana can have an impact on pain, but we don't know what else it can have an impact on. There are so many chemicals in marijuana now that we don't know which strain is better for what. Um, We know that there are strains that are higher in what's called CBD uh, Mm -hmm. rather than THC, but you still need THC, as you know, is the psychoactive component of marijuana. And, you know, different strains have different potencies of THC um, versus this other chemical compound called CBD. And we do know that CBD has a role in helping with pain control. But a lot of the uh, studies are, are more anecdotal. We don't have good research because uh, this is still listed federally as a, as a banned drug, and there's very, very little research. And I think now that we're seeing state after state allowing marijuana for both medical use and now even in California for recreational use, there, there are going to be more studies uh, looking at the, the risks and the benefits and which strains exactly can help what type of pain and that sort of thing. But I can tell you that uh, for the last several years, I've been a proponent and seeing my patients come to me asking for a recommendation for marijuana for their pain. And I, I get mixed results. I have some patients who are doing great. Some patients don't like some of the effects and some aren't doing well. And the nice thing is we have other ways besides smoking it. There are 
ways of tinctures and oils and topical uh, marijuana preparations that can help certain uh, joint pains and back pains. And anecdotally, I'm seeing good results. And the key that, that I'm really trying to say, which could be a very good thing, is this may allow patients to take less of other more harmful medications. And you mentioned opioids, for example. Mm -hmm. And if I can have a patient who uses a marijuana strain that they may be higher in CBD, they're not feeling stoned all the time, but yet they're getting pain relief, and they're not turning to the bottle of Vicodin and Percocet, I think we're doing the patients a big service and improving their overall quality of life. We know about the dangers of opioids and the huge epidemic in this country. If we can make a dent in that, I think that's great. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, do you see um, these substances, THC or CBD, whichever, to to be useful as a treatment for someone who's already addicted, who is trying to well, find a recovery plan? I think that's a, it's a slippery slope. I mean, mm -hmm. marijuana we know can be addicting. I mean, wh where I see that really is more in younger people who started uh, heavy marijuana use early in life in adolescence and they're, they're regular users. You know, there's a higher rate of addiction. About 11% or so of those types of patients can really become addicted to marijuana. It mm -hmm. used to be a myth that people would say that, oh, you know, marijuana can't be addicting. And it definitely can. And, you know, young people, unfortunately, who start out, you know, in adolescence and, and are heavy users, there are some good studies to show that that's not good for the uh, adolescent brain when your brain is not right. really fully formed until around the age of 26. And we're seeing lower IQs and increased risk of psychiatric disease. And so I can't say that marijuana is, you know, the be all and end all, especially for those type of patients. But if we're talking about an older patient, your brain is fully formed, you have these types of chronic pain, uh, you got hooked on opioids and you want to get off, can marijuana be introduced perhaps to help with that? I think the answer is yes. I think we need to do more studies, but anything that can reduce other more dangerous medications that can still help with their pain relief, I think is key. And we have a lot of other options though for pain relief, mm -hmm. you know, that, that people have, have not fully explored, whether that's Eastern approaches like acupuncture, for example, or, you know, just regular physical therapy, other types of medications that don't have addiction potential. You know, we have to weigh always the pluses and minuses and look at the individual, as I said, what's best for them. But again, if we're talking about the use of marijuana and being able to help with pain and reduce the use of other medications, I think that that's a very, very good thing. And I think that we think we need to keep studying. We need to do more research. And I think that's really what we should be doing. Do you have any concerns about the ability for uh, people to do research on this in the future? And it's been a challenge in the past. And I know in places like California, Colorado, that, you know, with it being uh, more legalized and more open, uh, this is sort of a, a good thing. But nationwide, it might be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, it is. Nationwide, it's still a challenge. But I think that, uh, you know, society's views on marijuana are definitely shifting. Yeah. And I think that will then sort of eventually seep over into the sort of national view that we need to do more research. As I, as I mentioned, uh, some recent studies have really shown there could be some benefits. And there's probably a lot of talk of things that people think marijuana can do that it, that it can't do or that it doesn't do. There's a lot of myths right. around marijuana and, and the benefits. But we need to do more research. Again, we know that the CBD compound can be helpful for pain, but we still know that you probably still need a little bit of THC in there for, for everything to work and to get into the receptors in the brain. So, you know, what's the balance? We don't know. What's the research? Really, it needs to be done. And I'm very hopeful that in the, in the next five to 10 years, we'll be able to do that research. Yeah, me too. Me too. 
where do you think people should focus their efforts if they really want to succeed and maybe just the short term, you know, getting on the right, the right path then for um, their addiction recovery? Well, again, if people want to get on the right path, they need to seek out help and they need to seek out good professional help. Mm-hmm. I work at a place called Cliffside Malibu, and um, I think that's a great place because we're really looking at not just the medical aspects, the detoxing of the patient, which of course is the primary thing you have to go and get off all of the substances, but then you need a place that has uh, the psychological help, the psychiatric help, that those resources that uh, patients can then follow up after care, after the initial sort of time in a treatment program. So I think that that's really key is, is getting that holistic approach. Again, nutritional aspect, exercise programs, mm-hmm. figuring out uh, what they're going to do with their lives. How, because lives are, are changed dramatically uh, when people become sober. And sometimes patients get lost. They don't know what to do. They don't know who right. their friends are. They don't know, you know, so all of that needs to be looked at. And so really to start on a recovery, uh, you need to go to a good place and get good help. And that's really the, the beginning. Um, and that's what I, what I think is so important. Yeah, I totally agree. Asking for help can be the hugest hurdle for an addict to recovery. It is you can you know you can start by you know talking to your uh, to your doctor you can start by talking to uh, or going to a meeting or an NA meeting and and finding out yeah. some resources there there are so many resources available now and you know there are a lot more options now that a lot of times patients insurance will pay for substance abuse and recovery programs so people do have more options than they used to and and I think it's vital. Yeah, I agree. And that's a big part of this. Uh, my efforts with this show is to get the conversation going and that people can start talking a little more openly about it and seeking out help and connecting with, right. with others out there. And I commend you for that. I mean, there is such a stigma, both with substance abuse as well as, you know, mental health, and they're they're connected. You know, like yeah. I was saying, there are so many patients that have, you know, depression or anxiety. They're not going to necessarily rush to the doctor. Hi, I'm anxious. They're treating themselves with alcohol or other substances and covering it up and trying to live their lives that way. But it's a terrible way of living. And there is a big stigma. There's a lot of shame that goes along with both of those types of things. And they are interrelated. And I think it's great that you're bringing this up so that people know that there are options for help. Thanks. Another question about helping people stay on that path. Like, what would you say would be some great things? You know, I've been sober, say I've been sober for a year, two, three, and um, I want to stay on this path and I'm still struggling. Like, I'm really not happy in my sobriety for some reason. You know, that can be tricky. And I see that a lot in my patients who have a good amount of time of sobriety under their belt. And sometimes they're starting to feel lost. And I think that's when really the group support can be helpful. So, mm-hmm. you know, some people don't like AA. Some people do. There are other options besides AA programs that give them that group support. But really, it's, you know, the old cliche of waking up and it's one day at a time and it's waking up thinking about the fact that you're not going to be, you know, using today is still, I think, an important uh, topic. And I think um, if you're not doing well, make sure that you do have that support, whether it's a group support or whether it's individual uh, therapy, which can be very, very important. And, you know, it's um, it's still there's still a role for uh, sometimes for medication. And that's where I can come in. There are anti-cravings medic- medication that I give patients for uh, alcohol cravings or opiate cravings. And sometimes that can play a role along with 
the psychosocial support that I was mentioning with either group or individual therapy, there are these what are called medication-assisted therapies that mm-hmm. I think you know can play a role and doesn't mean that the patient's um, you know unsuccessful if they have to be on some medication for a, either a short or a long period of time. And people should know that these medications exist and I think can be very, very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of options. And I think a recovery program for anyone in the short term and the long term is very personal. It's kind of got to be customized to that individual. So that's right. Uh, what do you see, you know, really coming on in the future here? Is there anything that's got you kind of fired up? That's a new strategy that you're excited to, to tap into for addiction treatment? You know, I'm excited about what we were talking about earlier about the upcoming marijuana research that I know is going to be happening. Mm-hmm. I think there are going to be other types of treatment options for patients with other types of addictions. As I was mentioning, there are some medications that can help with cravings for alcohol and opiates, but I'm hoping that there's going to be other medications to help with, with similar problems with cocaine or methamphetamine, which can, you know, methamphetamine is a scourge in a lot of our country, a lot mm-hmm. of our poorer populations because it's, it's cheap and it, it just ruins lives. So I'm, I'm looking forward to more options to help these types of patients. And, uh, and that's what I'm looking forward to in the, in the near future. Awesome. Uh, a couple quick questions before I let you go. What do you like to do for fun? I know you are a, a bit of a hiker. Is that right? Yeah. So I try to get outside when I can. I have um, a beautiful wife, two kids, uh, 11 and 6. And then I've got two great dogs who love to uh, be outdoors and run. So, yeah, I hike a lot in, um, in the mountains near my house. I enjoy running as well. And I really just enjoy spending time with my family. I like to travel. Uh, we travel all over the world so that I can show my kids that, you know, basically we're all the same. And I like to show that. I think it's important for kids to appreciate other cultures, whether it's the food or the music or, or just the people. And I think that's a great way of growing up. So that's what I try to instill in my kids. That's awesome. I, I so appreciate that my parents allowed me to be a foreign exchange student. When I was a junior mm-hmm. in high school, and man, that really opened my eyes to what was out there in the rest of the world. And, I, you know, I grew up a lot that summer. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I am fortunate enough to be able to take my kids all these places. And I think that that uh, hopefully they'll reap those rewards and, and see the benefits. What kind of music did you uh, did you rock out to this morning? Did you, did you start <laughs> your day with some <laughs> something to get you going? I actually I enjoy jazz music. I enjoy some soft rock um, uh, not, nothing, nothing too heavy in, in, in my life. A little classic rock can be fun sometimes as well, but um, that's, that's about it. My, uh, my daughter and I are, are playing some piano and learning some jazz and uh, enjoying that as well. Awesome. Um, my son, who's three and a half, he still calls a piano a panio. <laughs> I love I like it. That. We, he likes to play the panio. We got a little keyboard for him oh. too that he likes to to jam out onto sometimes. So I love that. Well, Very cool. cool. Uh, well, how can people best connect with you if they have more questions about what we've talked about, or they want to just uh, you know check you out what you're doing with your work? Sure, sure. Well, I have a website, and that's DamonRaskinMD.com, and that's okay. D-A-M-O-N-R-A-S-K-I-N-M-D.com. And if they happen to be in the local Southern California area, my office is in Pacific Palisades, and I'm happy to uh, meet with anyone regarding any uh, internal medicine or addiction medicine issues. Thank you so much, Dr. Raskin. It's been a pleasure. 
sure. The last, the last thing I just wanted to say is yeah. um, I mentioned earlier that, that I work at um, several treatment centers, but one of the first and foremost is Cliffside Malibu. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, patients have a need to go to a treatment center or they have questions, they can also go on that website, cliffsidemalibu.com. And I'll be sure to include those links in the show notes for folks. They can check out Cliffside Malibu and Dr. Raskin's website and keep up with what's going on. And uh, thank you again so much for joining me. It's been a really great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I really hope the show will help you find a path to recovery or your friend or your family member or whoever else might be needing a little assistance on their journey to finding a path to recovery. Now, please head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave a review and subscribe to the show. And you can send me comments or uh, questions show topics or people you might think would be a good fit for the show just send me an email james at recoveryinnovators.com and thanks again i really appreciate it all right take care thanks for listening you can learn more at recoveryinnovatorsradio.com
Yeah, cool.